6, if you would turn in your Bibles to Matthew uh, chapter 6 at verse, uh, well, I'm going to start reading in verse 5. But before we uh, read, uh, we need God's help. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And we just pray, Father, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts that we might hear and see and believe and live by this word that you have given uh, to us and delight in it, for it is your word, and we thank you for it. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 6 at verse 5. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, And pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And as you noticed in the ESV, it does not have those, that familiar phrase uh, at verse uh, 15, but it does in the footnote, some manuscripts add, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Uh, amen. You might ask why is that, has been that added to the uh, Lord's Prayer. It echoes what we find in Revelation chapter 4 where the Four and twenty elders are found around the throne saying these words. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and for your will they existed and were created. So it's appropriate to add this to the prayer whether Jesus gave these words or not. All of Scripture is Jesus' words. And so they have been added to this which we call the Lord's Prayer. If I were to put a title upon this message uh, today, it would be in the form of a question, do we really know how to pray? This prayer is also given in, in Luke chapter 11, and it's Jesus' response to the disciples who asked him, uh, or told him, said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he says, after this manner, you are to pray. And then he says, our Father, who art in heaven. Or in Luke, it just says, Father, uh, the one who is in heaven. 
And so I just want us to kind of go through this today and glean some, some special things from this passage of Scripture and help us to pray rightly. If you pray according to the manner of the Lord's Prayer, then you'll notice that every time that you do say the Lord's Prayer, you are acknowledging in the first few verses there that God is your Father, that you want Him to be glorified, that you want His will uh, to be done as it's being done in heaven, the Greek says, so also on, on the earth. And then you give petitions of uh, provide for us daily and forgive us of our, our sins. And, and then you uh, say, don't let me be tempted and deliver me from the evil one, it is in the Greek. And then again, you close the prayer with a praise and, and thanksgiving, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. So if you pray rightly, according to the manner that Jesus has given to you, then you should try to carry out this ACT, adoration, confession, thanksgiving uh, type of, of prayer every time that you pray because this is what Jesus said is the manner in which you should pray. So think with me uh, through this, which that, this uh, prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer and, and, and think how it is that we address God. We address Him as our Father. And before you can address Him corporately as our Father, you must be able to say, My Father, the one who has called me out of darkness into light, the one who has adopted me into his family. You are my Father. And so collectively we come uh, and say our Father because we're collectively saying we are children of the heavenly King, the one, the Father who is in, in heaven. And so when we do that, we're acknowledging each one of us that we're a part of the body of Christ, that we belong to him, and that we do so simply by his grace, we don't uh, deserve to call God Father. Uh, God, yes, is the creator of, of this universe. But God brings his people into a special relationship, not just as the creator, but as the redeemer that enables us to call him our Father, the one who is in heaven. And the song that we sang about, we, we are brought into a heavenly kingdom. We are here together with each other as a part of a heavenly kingdom. And Ephesians tells us that right now we sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Hebrews uh, 12 tells us, 12, 22 through 25, that we come right now to Zion. We come right now to the heavenly Jerusalem, to that innumerable company of, of angels, that we also come to the saints who have been perfected. We join the saints who have been perfected in, in heaven. The day that my mother died uh, four years ago on Christmas Day, I came to the church. It was Sunday morning. And I announced to our pastor there, I said, I'm going to worship with my mother today. She had not been able to get out and worship at church for a couple of years. And he knew what I was saying. He said, oh, she passed into glory. I said, yes, I said, I'm going to worship with her. So every time I worship, I am mindful that I worship with her. I worship with the four and twenty elders. I worship with those uh, angels in heaven that are singing perfectly unto the Father. He is our Father 
who is in heaven. So I would just challenge you as I challenge myself today as you think about praying that you're coming into the presence of one who is holy, 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 that you can only come in the righteousness of Christ Jesus uh, our, our Lord. You do not dare to come in your own righteousness because you have none. All our righteousness is like filthy rags. We don't have any righteousness that enables us to stand before the throne of God. Jesus is our righteousness. And so when we come and we come and say, hallowed be your name, we're saying, I want that name to be glorified in the earth, and I want it to be glorified in my life. What is his name? His name is Yahweh. His name is Jehovah. His name is Elohim. You can read through the scriptures and see many names of God, but I choose that one, uh, Jehovah or Yahweh, because Jesus means Jehovah saves. And he is the one in whose name we come over and over and over again. And in, instead of coming each Sunday and, and using these words and letting them be vain repetitions, we come in his name and think about what he has told us to pray. That we want his name to be lifted up. We want his name to be hallowed. The name of Jehovah. The one who always has been and the one who will forever be. And the one who has loved us with an everlasting love from which we cannot be separated. If you go into the hospital and you minister to somebody and pray with them, it's great to be able to share with them that there's nothing that can separate them from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Not things present, not things to come, nothing in the height, nothing in the depth, nothing in all creation, and not a sickness like that people have, and maybe a sickness unto death, because death itself cannot separate God's people. And so we acknowledge that his name is to be hallowed in our lives and everything that we do and everything that we say. What you, whatever you do in work or in, in deed, in, in thought, uh, in, in whatever you say, do it all to the glory of God. That ought to be the driving motive of your life because what is our first question of our catechism? What is the chief end of man? What is the chief purpose toward which we are uh, focused the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. You may say you glorify God, but if you don't enjoy Him, as John Piper said, we glorify God by enjoying Him uh, forever. If you're not enjoying God, you're not glorifying Him. If you're here today and you're just going through the motions, then you are worshiping with your lips and your heart is far from Him. But if you are enjoying God, if you enjoy these songs, even if you didn't know... <laughs> one of the songs, and yet you can look at those words and think about those words and enjoy singing unto God, singing in worship unto Him, then you are enjoying God in worship. After all, Paul tells us to set our affections, our feelings upon things above and not on things of the earth. Set your heart upon things above. Where? Christ is the one who is seated at the right hand of the Father. And so when Jesus gives us this prayer, he brings us into a heavenly realm. And he tells us, this is where you are. This is what you are to do. This is how you are to 
to pray. And so we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Notice it's God is, he's the one is to be hallowed. He is our heavenly Father. It's his kingdom that we want to come. Jesus came what? Preaching the king, that uh, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Which means what? The king is here. And wherever the king is, that's where the kingdom of heaven is. And so when you pray, thy kingdom come. You want the king to come and take over your life. You want him to be lord of your life. And being lord of your life, you want him to be manifest in this world so that people would see the kingdom of God in you. As Jesus said, the kingdom of God is not of this world, but it is within you. So how are you manifesting that kingdom? When you pray, thy kingdom come, are you saying, Lord, manifest your kingship, your lordship in me and through me? Think about that. Your will be done. You know, the Greek says, uh, as in heaven, so on earth. We we say it here, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. But the emphasis is, as your will is being done in heaven, so may it be done on this earth. Well, how is it being done in heaven? It's being done perfectly. It's being done wonderfully and beautifully and gloriously. Well, is that really what we want? We want to see that in our lives and we want to see that in the lives of God's people. Your will be done in us. Help us to be obedient to you, Father. Help us to live according to your word so that people would see that we belong to you. We don't belong to ourselves. You know, the Bible says we've been bought with a price. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. And if you're simply living for yourself and trying to to be the best person that you can be and just think people look at you and see that you're a good person, you're not living according to God's will. You're not living according to his word. Your attitude is not right according to God's word. God wants us to be so steeped in his word, hiding God's word in our hearts. You know, it's, it's easy to memorize songs sometimes. We say them over and over again. Uh, I go to a, a lady over at uh, Brookdale that uh, uh, some other people that I know go and, and see, and, and we'll sing something like, Blessed assurance. And she can't even uh, spontaneously say anything. But when you start singing blessed assurance, it comes out. She just starts singing every word of blessed assurance because it's ingrained in her heart. And I start saying the psalm, uh, Psalm 23, the Lord is my, and she's right there with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want because it's ingrained in her heart. Right, Janet? It's just ingrained in her heart. I was looking for it. I couldn't find you. <laughs> and Janet and I go and see, see this lady in uh, Marcia Imp that some of you know. She goes to visit her also. And, and uh, uh, Marcia told me one time, when you go to see her, take her down to the end of the hall where the, it's, a, it's lighted down there and the wind, there's some windows and just start singing and quoting scripture and, and then hear her quote scripture with you. Uh, there was a man by the name of Reverend Popoff who was in a communist prison in a three-by-five box for 14 years. What is it that sustained him? 
God's Word. That which will sustain us ought to be God's Word. We should be so familiar with God's Word that when we say, Your will be done as it's being done in heaven, may it be done on earth in my life. Can you say that? Is that what you're really praying for? You want that to be done? And it can't just be, uh, Lord, may it be done someday. Lord, I want it to be done today. I want to see Your will be be uh, taking place in my life just as it is in heaven so in my life this day is that what you pray i pray uh, that it is and then we say lord give us our daily bread we ask him for the daily provisions of life and and there's scripture that says that uh, god's children will not go hungry we we call upon i knew a a couple in in hattiesburg years ago that that lived from from god's hand uh, to, to them every day. They didn't know where the next meal w- would come from, but they would just pray, Lord, will you provide? And uh, that's happened in many people's lives. Just trust God. And he do- does give us the ability to work, but sometimes there are people who are in, these, this was a couple in school, and they did not have any, any means. They couldn't work and then go to school too. But God provided for them day in and day out. And you know how God has provided for you. The scripture says to seek first the kingdom of God and what? And the things that you need will be added to you. So as you seek his kingdom, as you seek his will being done in your life as it's being done in heaven, God will give us uh, our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Seems to indicate that, well, if we forgive others, then God's got to forgive us. Is that what it says? The thing about it is, when you realize what Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, you recognize that you have put Jesus on the cross. He has forgiven you. And the way that He has forgiven you is the way that you're to forgive others. And when you enter into that and prove that that's what you understand and know, then you're willing to say, Father, forgive me of my debts the way that I forgive others, because I understand what I have been forgiven of. And if you're forgiving others the way that Jesus forgave you and forgave those who put him on the cross, then you have an inkling of how to forgive others. And you can pray this prayer, Father, forgive me the way that I forgive others. If you're not experiencing that forgiveness, then you don't really want to pray this prayer. Now, Lord, don't forgive. You say, don't forgive me the way I forgive others. Uh, But if you're experiencing what Jesus said upon the cross, then you can forgive others, and you are forgiving others. How many times have you heard people say, oh, I can't forgive that person. Oh, that person hurt me too much. I just can't forgive that, that person. Well, they don't know Jesus' forgiveness then. They don't know that forgiveness from, from the cross. And so if we pray this prayer, we need to really understand that we have been forgiven much ourselves and then we can love others much and forgive them as well and lead us not into temptation we don't want to be tempted Uh, we don't want God to uh, let us go and and, and release us into the temptations of of this world we want to know that we're in his hands and that he's holding us and he's leading us but when we are in the face of temptation he's with us and that he will sustain us and he will enable us Uh, to uh, overcome temptations. 
Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. I asked my daddy one time, I said, Daddy, how do you face temptation? He was a traveling salesman, and he was gone uh, four nights a, a week and in motels. And I said, Daddy, how do you face temptation while you're out there on the road? And he said, it just takes faith, son. I said, well, I understand that, Daddy, but how does that work itself out in that moment of temptation when you are faced with it? And he said, son, it just takes faith. <laughs> and so, you know, I have laid a hold of that and said, okay, it's just trusting God moment by moment, believing in Him, believing He's with you. I'll, he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, and He's with us all the time wherever we are, no matter what the circumstances that we're in, whether we're in a communist prison in a three-by-five box or whether we're out there in the world facing the temptations of the world in our daily workplace, He is there, and we are revealing Him to others. In, the, in my prayer a while ago, I was talking about coming out of being brought out of darkness into light. For what reason? First uh, Peter 2 tells us, so that we might make known the excellencies of His name. If you are a child of light, and Jesus talks about this here in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, that you, we are children of light and we are salt to the earth, then we're either going to be bright lights or we're going to be dim lights. And if we're dim lights, it's because the sins of our lives are covering up the light. If the salt has lost its savor, then, then we're not using it. And it's nothing that can be used. And we're covering up the salt that we are, that we need to be demonstrating in, in our lives. It needs to be a savor to preserve other people. It needs to be a savor to make Jesus pleasant to other people, to make them to see that Jesus is our Lord. He is our Savior. Is that what's happening in your life? Is that what's happening in my life? When you pray this prayer, are you thinking about these things? And when you are able to do that and, and can say also, but deliver us when we are tempted, deliver us from evil, or as the Greek says, deliver us from the evil one. And who is the evil one? Deliver us from Satan. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do. That's what the cross does for us. It comes and says, run to the cross, run to the cross and experience deliverance from Satan himself. If you've been saved from hell, if you've been saved from sin, if you've been saved from death, you understand what this says, and you understand what it means to pray this. Deliver me from the evil one, because Jesus has conquered him. That's what he came to do, to conquer uh, death, and to conquer hell, and to conquer Satan, to defeat him. All through Scripture, Genesis 3.15 on, that seed of the woman who would come and crush the head of, the, uh, of, 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 of Satan. And so when you think of that and when you pray through that, thank, thank Him and thank God that He has done this for you, that He has given you His righteousness, so that when you can come to the end of this prayer and these, these words, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. You belong to His kingdom. Life is about Him. It's not about you. Yours is the kingdom. And He's brought us into this kingdom. How do we manifest that we have been brought into this kingdom? How do we live? How do we speak? What are our attitudes? Does it demonstrate that we belong to this King who is the King of 
the, the kingdom. His is the power. Ephesians tells us that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, Holy Spirit power coming and raising Jesus from the dead, is the same power, the same power that has raised us from the spiritual dead. Are you alive from the dead today? Spiritually? I know you're all physically alive. Some of you don't look very much alive, but uh, you're, you're, you're spiritually alive because of the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's raised you and me from the spiritual dead. And we're going to live forever. If you've only been born once, you're going to die twice. If you've been born twice and experienced the power of God in the new birth, you're just going to die once physically. You understand that? I said that at the funeral one time. A girl came up to me afterwards and said, What does that mean? And there was, the microphone was on and when she was, came up and asked me. And so I, there were still people milling around. And I said, Well, that means that if you have not been spiritually born again, you're going to die twice. You're going to die physically and spiritually. And other people heard that. And she heard that, Oh, that's true. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory. Are you trying to give God the glory in your life and everything? When you pray this prayer, is that what your intent is? Or you just go through the motions? If you know God as your Father, if you know Jesus as your Savior, if you know the Holy Spirit as the one who directs you day by day, then you can pray this and shout it out. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. And that will go on forever and ever. And that's what those four and twenty elders are doing. They're singing yours is the glory and the power and the honor forever and ever. If you want to do that forever and ever, come to the cross. Come to the cross. Know Him. Unite your heart in this prayer. And as we close... I'd like for us to say this prayer together. And I'm going to use the King James English because that's the only thing I can memorize. <laughs> thine is the kingdom. Thine is the glory. So would you pray the Lord's Prayer? If you can say this and think about this division, adoration and confession and thanksgiving, and you can think about that and say this prayer, then say it just as forcefully and meaningfully as you can as we close this, this message today. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hymn number 503, 